my daughter is upset every morning because she can no longer listen to Sammy the House. Okay, well she can listen. She can listen to the to the podcast. It's SoundCloud.com slash Sammy the House. It's so bad that and now you can hear me at any time of the day. Three in the morning, you can hear me. You can download the podcast the day before and listen to me in the in the morning. It's about a ten minute podcast. It's not too long. Well, it, may, it might get longer. Today. I will let her know as soon as I see her this afternoon. I want to make sure you got the address right. What's the address? SoundCloud.com slash Sammy the House. So you got it. She did it. Hi, this is Lizzie Garcia, and I listen to the. Sammy the House podcast. <laughs> Today on the Sammy the House podcast, we're talking about Ahmed Mohammed and what's your favorite book? Yeah, you need to read kids. By the way, I like that name, Ahmed Mohammed. I wish I had a name that's that rhymed with its last name. Like, I'd love to be Sammy Mohammy. You know? Sammy, Sammy, Fofami, Onana Fana, Fofami, Fifi, Fofami, Sammy. You are very, very stupid. Ahmed Mohammed, very smart young kid, freshman, gets put in handcuffs in front of his friends and he goes to juvie. Of course, everything gets taken back. What about the stories that you don't like? I think the teacher may have overreacted, maybe jumped to conclusions for whatever reason. If it was an assignment or a project, when they brought it in, I would have looked at it and, okay, explain it to me. Show me how it works. Show me what you did. How did you get this to work? If it happened to ring during class, well, his alarm timing worked. I think that was fine, but I didn't see a reason for the teacher to jump to conclusions. Of course, I'm not read up completely on the story, but I don't think that they should have immediately arrested him and taken him to juvenile or or anything like that. I think they should have talked to him, bring in the, the administrators, bring in the parents, let's see what happened, and don't blow it up into something that it doesn't have to be. We don't know what happened, but what do you think? What is your theory as to why he got put in handcuffs in front of his peers? And and why did he have to go to juvie? I don't know why they would have done that in his classroom. I think they would have, I mean, protocol would have said, you pull the child out, you speak to him, you talk to him privately. I don't, I don't think it was right for them to have done that to him. If they had done that to my child... I'd be irate. I mean, there's no other way to think about it. I mean, I can just imagine how he felt in front of his classmates. I really, it really seems that it was about the race. You know, if he had been another race, had the reaction been taken? I'd, I don't know, though. I'd, I mean, it's speculation, but just because his name is what his name is, and he looks a certain way, people already make assumptions about you. And it's not just, you know, for him. It's also, you know, for Hispanics. It's also for, you know... African-Americans and Asians, you know, there's always a stereotype, but I mean, people are people and we all are the same at the core. So, I mean, if you look at this kid, it sounds like he's a brilliant kid and any teacher would pick up on, on students, you know, who are bright, who always do well. So why would they take those measures? I, I don't know. Knowing that the child is very smart and is very talented, if they wanted to ask him about it, you know, just have a parent-teacher conference, but the way it was handled, I think it was really, it just really shows, you know, just the racial tensions that still exist in the classroom, outside of the classroom, you know, they're just everywhere. And I think, I think, I think that's, that's where it starts. What do you, what do you think would have happened if it was a Mexican, a Hispanic? I don't think the same thing would have happened. I mean, just glancing at what the, what the news says, you know, they said they're trying to err on the side of caution Again, racial profiling may have come into play. This was an assignment. He's a very talented child, and he simply created something for his class. 
You think they would have thought, well, it's just a Hispanic kid. How could he be planning something like this? Like, you think that maybe they were thinking, maybe he's not smart enough, you know, to, to make a bomb. You know, I mean, obviously people don't want to say it, but people are like, oh, he, he made a bomb, you know, or, or something. Do you think if it would have, if it was a Hispanic kid, they'd be like, nah, this kid's not smart enough to do something like that? I, I think there's stereotypes, you know, for all races. And I think the, the one, unfortunately, assigned to this race, um, Ahmed's, is, you know, that, you know, because of the 9-11 attacks ever since then, I think the tension has been much higher. It was before, but it's it was certainly increased after that. For a Hispanic, I think, unfortunately, they underestimate, I think, Hispanics. And I think so if, if you, they had seen that, they maybe would have thought something differently. And I don't think that they would have taken it and the, as, as perceived it as a threat. If you could say anything to Ahmed directly to his face, what would you say? He's got a lot more, a lot more great things coming than negative. So just you know, to keep looking at it that way. Um, I would tell him to forgive them, maybe for jumping to conclusions based on who they might perceive him to be, and to continue studying, reading, being smart, creating, and not being afraid to create and to. And, and, and just looking at the article where his dad's proud of him for fixing his phone, for fixing his watch, for fixing his car. I mean, he's obviously a very talented child. So I would tell him to not let this hurt him or hold him back, to keep, to keep going, to keep creating. I think you're right. I think you should promote the, the kids that are talented and the kids that have initiative and never hold them back. If you really have something to worry about, you know, talk to them and, and be patient and be compassionate and stop being so paranoid. <laughs> No, I, I have no idea what these props are, but maybe I'll just use them for no apparent reason. <laughs> like Carrot Top. Right, I'm like Carrot Top, right? Uh, we're on stage at, uh, at an elementary school that we got invited to. It's for an accelerated reader cook uh, I was going to say cook-off. Wouldn't it be great if it was a cook-off? Yeah, I wish it was a cook-off. I'm hungry. Yeah, so I'm here with my good friend Valerie from uh, KGNS, Valerie Gonzalez. And uh, this is what it sounds like when, uh, when kids are getting ready for a reader kickoff. We're actually, we're in a library right now, and we're talking about Accelerated Reader, and I, I was uh, lucky enough to hang out with these two friends of mine today, so I'm going to ask you a real brief question. What's your favorite book, and why? Oh, right now, I love The Miraculous Journey of Edward Tulane. It is just a wonderful book for all ages, and it, it deals about a little bunny and a little self-centered rabbit, and his life changes dramatically because of one instance, and he goes through several scenarios that he had never imagined, and the end is just a tearjerker, but it's a happy tearjerker. So if anybody has a chance to read The Miraculous Journey of Edward Tulane, it's a good book. There you go. And your favorite book and why? Oh, geez. It's really hard. It's like trying to pick between children. But um, actually, I, I, I like um, I like children's books. And one of my favorites is um, is The Giving Tree. I know it's, it's a little cliche, but um, it's just heartwarming and it's universal. And anybody can identify with either the boy or the tree. And I think that as you get older, you hope that you can tell the difference between you know what you should uh, you what you should be doing and how to be grateful for the things that you receive and also be appreciative you know to have someone that is willing to give so much you know of their lives to you so i think any age that book you know it's it's can always teach you a good lesson 
The author is Shel Silverstein. I'm glad she mentioned Shel Silverstein. Uh, I love uh, Shel Silverstein. I grew up on his uh, poetry. One of my favorite poems that I would recite in school was Ickle Me, Pickle Me, Tickle Me Too. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Yeah, you need to look it up by Shel Silverstein also. And I'm glad you mentioned him because he was also a songwriter. And he wrote a couple of songs with uh, a 70s band named Dr. Hook. And uh, you know what? Since you brought it up, we're going to play some Dr. Hook. And we'll play this song written by Shel Silverstein. It's kind of sad, but it's also kind of cool. So check this out. Sylvia's mother says Sylvia's busy, too busy to come to the phone. Now you're a coach. Yes. And why do you have so much fun here Sylvia's at work? Sylvia's mother says. Because I make it fun. It's Sylvia's for the kids. Sylvia's trying to start a new life of her own. But there's no kids here today. And you're having a lot of fun. What's going on with that? That's why. I see. <laughs> Is that why you're having fun? Because there's no kids here? Yes, that's why. So okay. So why don't you leave her alone? And the operator says 40 cents more for the next three minutes. Please, Mrs. Avery, I just gotta talk to her. I'll only keep her a while. Please, Mrs. Avery, I just wanna tell her goodbye. And uh, I see you kind of rough playing with the other coaches. What's going on with that? They like it. You know what I mean? Says Sylvia's packing. She's gonna be leaving today. So it's, a, it's a bond that uh, we have, and she likes to Sylvia's be rough with me. Including <laughs> uh, rough with the principal, too. Oh, wow. Okay. We're, we're not gonna say too much on that. Assistant coach, are you, are you also rough and, and like to play? <laughs> no. No. We, we, we. <laughs> Get out of her face. Wee, oui, wee. Oui. She's French. She's French. All right. A lot of fun. That's Dr. Hook, uh, written by Shel Silverstein. And uh, in case you guys need to know, my favorite author is Paulo Coelho, not The Alchemist. Like everyone says, oh, you only read The Alchemist. I'm sure the Al- I've never read it. I'm sure it's a really good book. Uh, but my favorite book is uh, by him. It's called Manual of the Warrior of the Light. And the only reason that my that, that's my favorite book is because you can open up on any page and it will make you feel great. It will. It'll make you feel awesome. Uh, whatever bad things are happening in your life, you open it up on any page and you can read it. It doesn't have to be in context and you will feel great about yourself. So the Manual of the Warrior of the Light by Paulo Coelho. I'm Sammy the House. This is the podcast. Thank you.